0: has got the sit, one hand.
1: Oh, stop! Oh, oh. oh, the post is broken. Matthew's in it. Oh, talk about a He Man. rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your football life with Rex Hunt for Open Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Oh, Matthew, good day to you and good day to Australia and, in fact, the world via the World Wide Web. And today we've got an absolute cracker for you, folks. Uh, he's a crow eater through and through. And he's part, just as much a part of Australian football folklore as names like Barassi and Witten and Kennedy, Skilton. He's right up there with the most recognisable name in the game. And uh, in the VFL and AFL and Sandful and Waffle, thousands of men have played the game at the highest level. Some play and move on. Others have more of an impact. And then there's so, the select few who will remain with their legacy as long as the game is played. They make a lasting impression that will indelibly be recorded in the history of the game forever. And today's guest is one such man. 274 senior matches for Westies, South Adelaide and the Bay at Glenelg. Two Sandford Premiership Captain Coach Awards for the West Adelaide and South Adelaide Football Clubs. Two Sanford Premierships as Just Coach And that was one for West Adelaide and one for Glenelg. five club best in Ferris, six South Australian captain uh, and AFL and South Australian Football Hall of Fame. Neil Knuckles Curley, this is your football life.
0: Hi, Rex. How are you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I must have worn you out. Could you believe as a young kid growing up in South Australia that you would get an introduction like that uh, a lot of years down the track?
0: Well, uh, that's a bit over the top, Rex, but thank you very much for saying those beautiful things about me.
1: Well, they're true, and uh, we first met in 1979 when Harry Brachel said, this is Knuckles' brother, and a young bloke with hair was just starting on his broadcasting career, and that Carlton and Collingwood grand final was a ripper. But you go back a long, long way. You were born in 1934. What's your first memories as a young kid in South Australia about uh, your love of footy? Tell us your early years as a kid.
0: Well, we used to mark around the back in the school, of course, a little, little school. I went to a place called Loveday, Nobody's ever heard of. Uh, and then, of course, started Senior Colts with a uh, place called Barmara. Uh, it was under-18s, and I was... 14 years of age, trying to get a, trying to get a game. Uh, I used to ride my bike in five mile, and then after training, ride back in the dark with no lights. But that didn't matter. And finally got a game when I was 14, 15 years of age, and uh, played in a senior Colts Premiership that year. Yeah. And of course that uh, next year, of course I turned 16, got myself a motorbike. Uh, we lost the dab and I was 11. And I said to mum with her six kids, mum, I'm I'm heading off. She said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. (laughs) Got on my motorbike and headed north. Yeah. And finished up on uh, sheep and cattle stations and truck driving for two years without playing football at all. Really? Yeah. Missed missed the years of 16 and 17. Came back to do national service at 18 at a place called Woodside in Adelaide, just out of Adelaide. Yeah. Played a a game with West Adelaide. I'd never trained with them. They came up and invited me down to play. Uh, I didn't know them at all. And then I played. Season ended. Met a big bloke at National Service called John Holness who lived at Woomera. Yeah. And uh, he took me up there. And we went to a place called Cooley Milka. Oh, yeah. A tent city way up where they fired the Rockets. And uh, they had a team the year before who hadn't won a game. So came three weeks before the opening game. They decided to elect a, a president, a secretary, treasurer, and they needed a captain and coach. Mm. And I had to kick the ball with the fellows behind the tents after the after work, and I could do a little bit.
1: What age and were then, you then? I was 18. Goodness me, and they wanted you for captain coach.
0: Well, this bloke with a hat on nominated me. So he that, said, that young kid there, I don't know his name, but... I've been watching him kick the ball behind the tents. He yeah. knows what he's doing. Well, I'll nominate him, and I said, "Hey, woo, woo, woo!" I've never. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. Seconded. So I'm coach. Okay. Three <laughs> weeks before the Christ, first game. May. So they put the grader over the oval, took the big stones off, mm-hmm. left the little ones there, and uh, we had 15 players for the first game. No, no jumpers. Yeah. We played in shirts and singlets Two of us had boots and we lost the first five games and then <laughs> we got a couple of newies came into the place who could play a bit yeah and we started to win and you wouldn't believe it we won the premiership in Goodness 1953 me.
1: isn't that amazing yeah. and when you say you know you lost the first five and then you won for a one one
0: all the next one yeah. the next
1: just just absolutely amazing the amount of the game that's played above the shoulders and, and that is self-belief in yourself but also in your teammate. it hasn't changed anything to, to this day Neil.
0: Well that's right because I didn't know what to do I didn't know what to tell them so I just said follow me. Yeah. You know, do what I do. try and do what I do and of course I'd already played one league game so I could play. I think I they awarded me the male medal Yes. I think the runner up was 14 votes behind me. Really? So that that was a clear, clear win. Uh, then I went to Wyler, uh two years as captain coach. Uh, that's where Barry Robbin came from. Oh, wow. And Graham Corns. Yeah. Um, and won two premierships there, married, met Barb, married Barb, and moved to Adelaide the following year.
1: Goodness me, did you always, and we're talking to Neil Knuckles Curley, a legend of Australian football, and make no mistake about that, he doesn't like me saying that, but I'm telling you, and this is your football life with the kindest regards of Tobin Brothers celebrating life. We're celebrating the footy life of Knuckles. A, a question you won't like, did you always think as a kid that you had above-average ability, or was it more your de- determination like a Barassi? Uh, did you have good skills as a kid?
0: Yes, I... I was fortunate. Uh, I went to Ross Trevor College, a Catholic college, and a man called, or a person called Brother Gurr, was our under-13s coach, and mm-hmm. he was fantastic. Yeah, he really was, and taught me a lot about the skills of the game. And because they don't worry about you know being aggressive and that type of stuff, he concentrated on skills. So yeah, I was both sides of my leg, both sides of my hands, I had a pretty good brain. Had good reflexes, yeah. and of course I didn't mind getting a bumper too.
1: No, and uh, that was your trademark. Uh, Tell us about uh, going back uh, to Westies, or going to Westies in '56, the year of the Olympics. Uh, You played in four consecutive grand finals, but Foss Williams and the Port Adelaide side had uh, no intention of letting you win the flag in those particular years. But four consecutive grand finals, my goodness me.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. That's exactly. And a couple of games we only lost by a couple of points. Yeah. Uh, but under Jack Odie, we, we just couldn't, we just couldn't get over the line on grand final day. yeah And then of course came 1960. I was appointed captain, and then in 1961 I was appointed captain coach yeah. of West Yeah.
1: Uh, how how difficult was it, Neil Curley, in being a captain coach? You know, you go back to your early years when they said to you, you know, in your first club. You know, he looks all right. He said, I don't know the first thing about it. you recognise <laughs> as one of the master captain coaches and coaches. And, you know, you got EJ Whitten. I think the last bloke might have been Malcolm Blight. But back then you could, do, you could do both jobs, that you were a fair player, and also you could coach other kids who were struggling a bit.
0: Yeah, well, of course, see, I had the three years previous in the bush as captain coach, and that, that helped a hell yeah. of a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, I didn't – I loved it. I loved the challenge both – as a player and as a tactician, there weren't too many tactics in those days. It was get the bloody ball and kick it as far as you can. Yeah. Normally. Yeah. Um, but I adjusted to it, um, Yeah, not easily, but I handled it okay. Yeah. And of course, came the 61 grand final in 35 degree heat. Oh. And drinking water was taboo. Oh. Medically taboo to drink water during the course of the game. Yeah. So you just imagine how stuff we were at the end of the game.
1: Isn't it imagining, amazing now where I think I went to the, one of the airports in the last couple of weeks, it's $5.20... For half a litre of uh, pure water, when we used to drink it out of the tap and uh, swallow yep, yep. a red back or a funnel web or something like that, <laughs> I can remember first going in the late 60s uh, to Punt Road with Graham Bond, and Tommy said, if you don't train properly, Tommy, he said, you won't get a drink of water, and now they'd throw you in jail for that, wouldn't they? <laughs> exactly
0: right. And we're today, talking course, about
1: water, we're not talking about beer or soft drink, we're talking about water, $5.20 a bottle. That,
0: that's right, and this This amuses me today with the players playing today. They run out to do their little warm-up and then they call for a drink. (laughs) I can't believe it. Anyhow, uh, so we won that one in 61. Yeah. And 62, uh, we lost that one by two points. Yeah. uh, To Port. Uh, I had to test two players in the morning of the game. They both failed fitness. Both all Australians. Yes. One was Ken Eustace and the other was Donald Roach who went over and play with Hawthorne. Oh, so names, those yeah. two players were missing on the grand final day.
1: Now that was a big decision, but you were disciplined enough to know that you just can't take blokes,
0: Except you know,
1: more. 95% into a game. That means there's the odd bloke who can do it, but, uh, you know, with that Francis Burke break Mick Malthouse's shoulder before the 82 grand final. It must've been difficult, although you were in charge.
0: Yeah, look, it, it was because they were both very good friends of mine. And, yes. You know, good mates of mine in those days. And, I love them both, and I'd, I I lo- I would have loved to have played them. Yeah. I said to my brother, I said, look, fellas, I can't afford to lose you in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, if that happens, that could be... Anyhow, we didn't win that. We lost it.
1: Yeah. You're sounding well. You're sounding in a good place, you know, for your age. You're amazing. Uh, how, are you, how are you spending your time now? You know, I, I've been told by a lot of people, and it's come to fruition, Knuckles, you know, that the most important uh, organ in your body to exercise is your brain. You've obviously got plenty to do, and you're as sharp as a tack still.
0: I'm a bit fortunate that way, but I'm not too keen with a sponsor of ours. What's his name, of yours?
1: Tobin Brothers, mate. We can get you the best <laughs> prepaid funeral, mate. You can pay uh, pay the money now, and if you die next week, mate, you get the full value. Otherwise, it's a good investment for your family.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I believe they're a very good firm, so they bury bury me well. They were um, well.
1: I can remember 3AW when I used to be on 5AA. I used to call the ABC the Tobin Brothers, and when they came and said, oh, the Tobin Brothers want to pick this uh, this as your footy life up, I thought, 3 LO. Godness me, they can't be coming and asking me for a job.
0: <laughs> no. uh, well, today, I live on the River Murray. as yep. you're well aware, Yeah. and there's plenty to do up there. I love fishing. I do, I would fish four or five times a week. Wow. Uh, I love shooting a bunny. Yeah. I love shooting a duck. Uh, I like going out cutting wood with a chainsaw and splitting stumps.
1: Magnificent.
0: Uh, and carting them in for, for fire. Yeah. And uh, just general work around the place. There's always... There's always something to do. Yeah. I watch I watch my footy. Yeah. I watched six games of AFL last weekend. Wow. Uh, I just I just love football.
1: Well, we're going to get it. onto that after the break, and uh, what do you think of the modern game and, uh, and a couple of things that change the whole uh, atmosphere, particularly when South Australia beat Victoria in that unbelievable historical game. Uh, let's get back to your national service. There's a lot of people listen to this show, Neil, that not only love footy, but they like uh, facets of life. You were in 1952. I went in in 1968, you know, with blokes, blokes like Sheedy and Dietrich and Noonan and, and, and these sort of blokes, uh, you know, Barry Round. Uh, I saw no-hopers come to National Service and turn out to be reasonable citizens, and many of them had a career in the Army. Did you see the same thing in the 1950s?
0: Well, the big thing... The, there was a lot of country people in my uh, country mainly from Broken Hill yep. in, in my group, uh, or out the the whole situation, and the discipline the army boys put on them, and I tell you what, it, it turned the corner for a lot of those players, a yep. lot of those yep. uh, people, those youngsters, and I, I think what the army influence had on them took them through the rest of their life. I think it was a great learning curve.
1: Yeah, some of the do-gooders say, oh, you can't do that. But, uh, you know, a well, of I... these people aren't on, outside the fartsack until midday and looking for a handout and why the world won't dedicate itself to making them happy.
0: It didn't do you any harm, did it? No, it didn't. But I did snap about two days before we were due to leave. I snapped with this uh, English warrant officer bloke. I didn't like him at all. Mm. He was always picking me. Yeah. So I donged him. Did you? I donged him and uh, I spent the next two days in the jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the the army jail, not the not the civilian jail, yeah. the army jail.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, go on. What we might do is take a break and come back to that day in 1963 at the MCG oh, when it was a famous South much. Australian victory. So you can have a think about that, and uh, we'll remind you again, Knuckles, this is for Tobin Brothers who are celebrating <laughs> lives and real age. Take your break and join us after the break. You're listening to Neil Knuckles Curley on This Is Your Football Life. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Matthew, it's a a lovely thrill for me to be interviewing Neil Knuckles Curley today. Mr. Football of South Australia used to call uh, Teddy Whitten, Mrs. Football and Barass was around there, but they were the three biggest names as a kid I can remember growing up. And uh, Knuckles, uh, at that particular stage in uh, the early 60s, Victoria used all your blokes against you, and all of a sudden, in 1963, an historical moment that will take its place in the history of the game forever happened at the MCG. Take us back to that day in 1963, please.
0: Well, up until 1963, Foss Williams, our coach for the last few years, did not have a voice on selection. So selection was left to... Some of the guys that had played the game, a couple hadn't. But in 1963, Foss Williams finally got on the selection panel to pick the state side. And he knew the type of player that was required to play the Vicks. The Vicks were too good for us up until that point. They were stronger, fitter, better equipped, more skillful and tough. Anyhow, I said to Foss after our big defeat a few years before, I said, we've got to match these fellas. I said, we've got to get stronger and better and, and and quicker. And so we worked at it. And along came 63. Um, Harry Bitesall did a panel on Friday night, which I was invited to go to. There was uh, Jack Dyer and Lou Richards on it. And Harry said to me on TV, we didn't have a TV over here then. He said, what do you think he your chances? I said, pretty good. I said, we are a pretty good side, Harry. We've worked hard. Mm. I think we're ready to take your boys on. Yeah. He turned to Jack Dury and I said, if you were coach of the Victorian side, Jack, what would you do? If I was coach of the Victorian side, I'd give them a pep talk and go to the races. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. <laughs> no. And he said, what do you think of that, Curly? <laughs> I said, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. I said, uh, so I've gone back to our... Uh, I think we are playing the St. George down... Well, you yeah, wouldn't
1: have used that pub. statement from old Captain Blood, not much.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> I said to the boys, you boys watch that TV show? Yeah. What do you think of that? Can't say what I <laughs> called him. I said, we'll we'll show these guys tomorrow. Yeah. Well, as luck happened, the opening bounce, I think the Victorian Saman was a bloke named Alistair Lord. Yeah. Who was awarded the Brownlow the year before. The ball bounced beautifully up in the air. Alistair came from his side, I came from my side. Remember, I was a physical labourer, truck driver, in the gym, virtually all day lifting things. Mm. He sort of bounced off me a bit and went on the ground. He was not too good. And the Vic boys came in and, like little blowflies, they were, trying to do things. And we kicked three goals in seven minutes. (laughs) And uh, the Vic boys gradually wore us down, gradually wore us down, you know, because they're a they open selection that year too. Yes. Not two from one side and one from the other. Open selection. And how, with about eight minutes to go, we're trailing by about two points. Then Lindsay Head kicked two goals in the last oh, seven minutes. And I think we won by seven points, roughly. So that, that was one of my best, or most individual Games I've I've ever enjoyed. It was just amazing. And in fantastic. that particular
1: game, for for the sake of our younger people who can't remember it, were there South Australian people actually playing against you on that
0: day? No, there was. I don't think there was one South Australian uh, in the Victorian side. No, I don't think there was because it was extremely difficult. But you couldn't get an open clearance in those yes. days. to Stand out of football twelve months. Yeah. So I think we were on our own. Uh, but we you know, we
1: picked the right people yeah. in the right places. Uh, and later on, you know, Victoria had Western Australian and South Australian Tasmanian people and blew everyone to the Scheisenhausen, in my words. But the fact of the matter is that State of Origin soon fixed that up and that was probably yes. a great time of the year. Remember those Tuesday nights yep. out at Footy Park and the yep. ratings went through the roof? Weren't <laughs> they <laughs> an exciting <laughs> time for Australian footy?
0: Well, we I remember, yeah, the, the, they closed the gates yeah. They cut the gates at Footy Park because oh. it was full. Yeah, they were they were great games for us and also for the game of football itself.
1: Yeah, I can remember you know Stephen Kernahan being an absolute star for South Australia and the likes of Lockett and Dunstall and Ablett playing for Victoria. they, oh, they, yeah. they were a great time of the year. Uh, what, what's your early memories of, of Adelaide joining yeah. uh, the the Australian Football League and the competition today? It was just so important. That South Australia came in wasn't it
0: it was well people wouldn't know this but I was appointed uh, with Bob Hammond to select the best players to, and go, to stop for the top game from Victoria yes and then of course I was made football manager for the first year in 1961 yeah uh, but that that opening game in 91 against Hawthorne was a, just a dream come true um, when we when we beat Hawthorne it was yeah. They I were the reigning
1: premiers, by the way. Oh, it was,
0: I remember walking into the change room yeah. after the game in this Victorian media black and I said, what would you think of that? I said, a gift from God. <laughs> and it was a gift from God, too. We we had all the luck in the world.
1: Well, I can remember the late and great David Hooks running up to the 3RW commentary position and saying to Barassi, where do we line up for finals tickets? A cheeky little... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well... Actually, as you know, our captain got knocked out about yeah. 10 minutes in the last quarter by yeah. Berylton and a fellow named Dare, <laughs> And um, he had to get carried off, he didn't know. And Monday morning, the phone rang and it was a fellow of Hook from yes. Hawthorne. yeah. And he said, you know the situation? He said, uh, we're wondering if you could give us some help maybe in trying to get the boys off. Yeah. I said, say that again, please. Yes. Which are repeated. And I cannot tell you what I said, but you've got to be <laughs> joking pal. <laughs> Get off the
1: bloody phone. (laughs) Did you ever find it difficult in uh, the electronic medium in which you worked uh, for so many years on radio and television of giving blokes a serve? Did you feel that, you know, that you'd never held back? You know, I I look at Robert Walls and Lee Matthews as probably the most good example I can give you. And Matthew Lloyd today, for no fear or favour, because, hey, I've been there and done that. This is only an opinion. Did you ever hold off at any stage did you think or you thought no this bloke deserves my opinion and it's uh, he's not going to like it
0: i don't think you're doing, doing your job correctly yeah if you don't say what you see yeah and uh, i never i never ever worried one cent about that i couldn't have give a stuff if they didn't like it yes. they could sack me do whatever they like but no i i gave what i saw yeah and that's that's the truth and that's why i stuck by all my life
1: how good was uh Robyn, no. I, I knew I knew no. that e, Ebert came with Cornsey at the end of the North Melbourne era with Barassi in the late yep. 70s. But yep. uh, everyone I speak to says, don't worry about this. We know it's a you know a, a hypothetical thing. Oh, he didn't play that, but he was just a natural, uh, and I've heard that from you many times.
0: It's a pity that it's just a shame that Barry didn't go to Melbourne. Yeah, just for one year maybe. Uh, no, he he was right up there with your very. Very best. Yes. Um, He was just a a magician. Six foot three, could play like a rover or a midfielder nowadays, they call him. He just just dominated the game over here. He he was just a a class act. And uh, he was the most humble and uh, beautiful man I've ever met in my life.
1: Isn't that great? You must uh, just uh, shake your head in wonderment like I do myself and say, have a look at the national competition. And again this year, uh, in this season, 2016, on one particular weekend, Neil Curley, there'll be a game of Australian football in every state and territory of Australia. And next year, we're off to China. Goodness (laughs) gracious me, if they'd have said that, you'd have scratched your hair off your head like I did mine.
0: I just can't understand (laughs) how a little... The little state called. You're right, but I just can't understand how a little state like South Australia can beat the teams in Victoria for this type of this type of thing in China. It's I think unbelievable. It's a breath
1: of fresh air with the new administration and Koshi over there. Yeah, The time yeah. together is up, and I wanted to get you on not only just to have a chat, and I'm sure everyone's enjoyed it around Australia and in fact the world via the internet. What about the internet? But I wanted to pay tribute to you because I know when the game's history is written. You'll sit uh, very, very nicely alongside legends like Skilton and Witten and Brassy in Victoria and Farmer and Cable across the Nullarbor and all the rest of them have played it. And Neil Curley, today it's been a pleasure to talk to you on This Is Your Football Life. Thank you very much, Rex. Folks, 80 years ago, the Tobin Brothers Funerals was founded by brothers Leo, Fonts, Thomas and Kevin. The first Tobin Brothers branch opened in North Melbourne and these days is home to their head office and chapel. Today, Tobin Brothers Funerals is still owned by the Tobin family. It's a trusted household name with 22 locations and over 190 trained professionals. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. Now, folks, if you'd like to hear more of uh, this interview with Neil Knuckles Curley, you can check us out on Twitter at RexFootballLife, And folks, This Is Your Football Life is kindly brought to you with the regards of Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives.